With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. the second of our stories on the Christian virtues, the supernatural virtue of hope, by which we firmly trust that God, who is all-powerful and faithful to his promises, will in his mercy give us eternal happiness and the means to obtain it. The night the International Society of Scientists awarded Dr. Austin Hobart the prize for the outstanding discovery in nuclear physics, his wife Nancy and his son Donald watched the ceremony on television. Mother! Mother, here it comes! Oh, good. Turn up the sound. I don't care how late it is. I want all the neighbors to hear. Don't worry, Mother. They're all listening. Don't you know Dad's the most famous man on our block? <laughs> Now it is my privilege to introduce the man for whom this banquet was given. The man who, above all others, has made the greatest contribution to nuclear research this year. Dr. Austin Hobart. I guess you're a pretty proud woman at this moment. Oh, of course I am. But he looks so tired standing there. He's worked much too hard. You ought to persuade him to take a long vacation. Well, I'll try, but you know how he is. 
Mr. President, distinguished guests, fellow members. It's a great honor you pay me tonight. The idea of the atom is at least 2,300 years old. The hypotheses of Thales and Democritus of ancient Greece. Yes, an idea before it became an actuality that could be demonstrated in the laboratory and over Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The discovery for which I'm awarded this prize was made possible by many distinguished scientists and thinkers who've gone before. Thales, Galileo, Newton, Dalton, the Curies, Einstein, Rutherford, Bohr's. I could go on and on with the names of men, each of whom has added something to the accumulated knowledge upon which I could draw for my own research. To all those men, I would now like to pay tribute. Father, you don't have to be so modest. It's the last man in point of time who receives the awards. But we here know that achievements in science are seldom, if ever, the result of a single man. He is likened unto a relay runner who seizes the baton from another and carries it on. And so again, let me remind the listening audience... There's always a vast reservoir of knowledge into which the individual can dip. And that nothing from nothing does not happen. And though a scientist works in a laboratory, he never works in a vacuum. I wish Father would carry that concept a step further. What concept? What do you mean, Donald? Nothing from nothing never happens. That men do not live or create in a vacuum. You're now speaking of God. Yes, Mother. You see how Father's perfectly willing to give credit to all the scientists who came before, but he's not willing to give God one iota of credit. Now, now, Donald, please don't start a religious discussion with him when he comes home. You argue and argue, but neither convinces the other. I won't. This is his moment. Let him have it completely. Of course. But this is a great moment for me, too, you know. Oh, don't tell him that tonight. But why not? I've come to a final decision. But it'll seem as if you deliberately waited to break the news. But you know that's not so. Yes, of course. But I'm afraid it'll come as a... Well, as a disappointment to him, dear. And to you, Mother? Don't you want me to become a priest? Of course I do. It's only that your father... Might blame it on your influence. Now, you know he's not the kind to look for someone to blame. No, I guess you're right. He'll accept my decision as a chemical reaction. Same as putting oxygen and hydrogen together to get water. Now, Donald, that's not fair. Well, what do you suppose he'd say if I told him I felt the call to the priesthood because I trust God will give us eternal life? That hope in God is... Absolutely necessary for salvation. I've no idea what he'd say. He would say, prove it. The existence of the soul can't be demonstrated in the lab. Therefore, he's not sure he has one that needs salvation. Now, there, I think you're wrong. I've every confidence that if your father should determine to explore his soul, eternal life, with the same energy he devoted to his research in other fields, he'd find the answer. What makes you think so? Well, you know perfectly well a man can deny his soul, but that doesn't cause it to evaporate. You know, I've read recently of two 
great scientists who were indifferent, even scornful of religion, who have returned to the church. I live in the hope that the same might happen to Father. got into a discussion with someone after the thing was over, he could go on all night. Phone the hotel and, and ask them to find him. No, he's probably talking to some foreign scientist who has to leave, and it'll be his only chance. Well, then I'll phone myself. He's here, Mother. Oh, thank goodness. Are you still up? Congratulations, Father. Thank you. Austin, you're so late. I was worried about you. I was just telephoning the hotel. I'm sorry, my dear. The banquet broke about midnight. I wanted to be all by myself, and I I took a walk by the seashore. You've been walking since midnight? But, Austin, it's it's three o'clock. Well, I wasn't conscious of time. It's a starlit night. The sea is calm. You know, I've always done my best thinking at night, watching, listening to the sea. Donald and I have been waiting for you. We listened to the presentation and your acceptance. We waited up to congratulate you. Nancy, look at this. The medal. Look, Donald. Isn't it handsome? The highest honor in the scientific world. What's the matter, Father? You seem very depressed. Yes, and tired. We could see it on television. You will have to take a vacation. Well, this night should have been my greatest triumph. It lasted only a moment. Then in its place was utter, dismal despair. Austin. Well, that's a normal reaction. It's a letdown. No, Donald, it's more. It's that despair that Matthew Arnold must have felt. Remember the lines, Donald? The world which seems to lie before us like a land of dreams... So various, so beautiful, so new. That really neither joy, nor love, nor light, nor certitude, nor peace, nor help for pain. And we are here as on a darkling plain, swept with confused alarms of struggle and flight. Where ignorant armies clash by night. Well, doesn't that describe the state of the world today? A world without hope. But why, Father? Why was it so for Matthew Arnold? I don't know. Mother, these lines were written by Arnold on his honeymoon, when he should have been very happy. Well, I certainly feel sorry for his bride. Remember the earlier lines from that poem, Father. I think they give the clue to his despair. The sea of faith was once, too, at the full... And round earth's shore lay like the folds of a bright girdle furled. But now I only hear its melancholy, long-withdrawing roar, retreating to the breath of the night wind, down the vast edges, drear and naked shingles of the world. How beautiful the lines. How tragic the thought. It's utter despair, Mother. A sin against hope the total loss of trust in God. Ah, yes, Donald. Theology is your refuge. 
By the way, you told me you were coming to some kind of uh, decision about your future. Well, uh, let's not discuss that tonight. Well, why not? I'm most interested. You're tired, I'm dear. not that tired. Donald? Father, I've decided to study for the priesthood. Oh, I'd hope this wouldn't come up at this time. Mother thinks it's a disappointment for you. Well, I... I don't know whether it is or not. Why do you wish to become a priest? It's not what I wish. I, I, I feel I'm answering a call. But where does it lead, Donald? I know priests have to take vows and the like, but I'm not talking about that. Well, ultimately, it, it will lead to the perfect truth. Indeed. And what is the perfect truth? God. How I envy you. At 25, you know what truth is. I've been searching for it all my life. And every time I get an answer, it disintegrates into a dozen problems. You're speaking of scientific facts. What are you speaking of? The truth. Higher than and, and, and independent of man. Now, please, both of you go to bed. Talk in the morning when your minds are less tired. Oh, in a minute, Nancy. There's no truth independent of man, Donald. I believe there is. I think the intellect can carry man only so far. And ultimately, he reaches a point where he has to admit the intellect will carry him no further. But there is more which he must accept on faith alone. Well, can you give me a concrete example, not from revealed religion? Well, yes. Take, take your speech tonight. For 2,300 years, you said... The atom was an idea, a hypothesis, merely a belief that scientists accepted as true. Believing that, accepting it on faith, you've not only found the atom, but you've put it to work. Well, we've gone a bit further. We've split the atom. And the burning question now is whether the atom will benefit mankind or destroy it. Well, you can't blame the scientist if individuals or nations misuse his discovery. True. But if men could accept Thales and, and Democritus on faith, why can't they accept the word of God when for a good many thousands of years millions of people have behaved as if there was a God and accepted him on faith? But right now, a good many millions are behaving on the assumption there is no God. And how are they behaving? I leave it to you whether the individual has more or less value in those nations that have denied the existence of God. Well, you might have a point there. Though I can cite examples from history of people who believed passionately in a god, or their particular god, who slaughtered each other. True enough. But each side believed in something strongly enough to die for it. Oh, yes, yes. And that something was not themselves, but something outside themselves. Well, granting that, what's your point? The moment society glorifies man and makes him the center of all things on earth, they treat him... That is, the individual, as though his life was of no value. The state is everything. The individual, nothing. And you attribute this behavior to the fact these people have denied the existence of God? In the last analysis, yes. Ah, but once they believed. But they committed two sins against hope. What sins? Well, first, they were presumptive. That is, they counted on God to save their souls without making an effort to do what God required of them. This led to the other sin against hope, despair, the total loss of trust in God. Once that happened, they put their trust in themselves. 
And now they're finding that the men whom they can shake hands with every day are less to be trusted than an invisible God. Well, now I am insisting. Break it up and get to bed. <laughs> Very well, Mother. We'll finish this in the morning. Just one parting question, oh, Father. please, don't. Now, let me hear it. I'll try not to answer back, Nancy. Father, you said you have been searching for the truth all your life. Well, to be accurate, let's say since I was uh, 17. Are you positive you were seeking the truth or running away from it? Here, Nancy, by the window. Why are you sitting there, dear? Please go to bed and get some rest. Oh, I couldn't sleep. So I'm sitting here, listening to the sea, thinking. Are you disturbed about something? Yes. Remark of Donald's. Am I seeking truth or running from it? Oh, Austin, he's young. He likes to pose questions like that. Well, just the same. He said a number of things to make me wonder. See, Nancy, as a young man, I accepted the same beliefs as Donald. And what happened? Well, the conquest of the atom was making great headway. There was tremendous faith in man's ability to shape his own destiny. To many of us, it seemed the universe could be accounted for without a supreme being. And now? With all our knowledge, all the miracles of science, the ultimate causes are as far off as ever. All we ever discover is some special knowledge about effects. Well, now, you don't mean to say that you feel your research has been fruitless. Nancy, I know a great deal about one little grain, the atom. Of other things, I'm as ignorant as a schoolboy. But this little you know so much about will give us a new source of energy. It will send men to the moon. But aren't we ready to conquer outer space? Oh, yes, so the journalists say. The riddles of the universe are about to be answered. Nature will soon divulge all her secrets. The nation that builds a fortress on the moon will control the world. So let's get there firstest with the mostest. And if all these things are dangerous, as you imply, what's the answer? Well, I'm reaching the conclusion that what is needed is not the conquest of space, but the conquest of greed and ignorance and despair on Earth. And how can that be accomplished? Well, not by pure science as I once thought. But pure science is not concerned with moral and ethical values. Only with the behavior of particles. If not science, then what? Perhaps Donald has the answer to that. Austin, do you really believe that? Well, I think at this point, for moral behavior, people have to have a working hypothesis. The same as a scientist has to have a hypothesis which is assumed to be true until and unless proved untrue. But you're not ready to say you believe in God. I want to believe. All I can say now is that I think the concept of God is necessary. Necessary for what? For man's peace of mind. 
Father. There's a gentleman to see you. Well, come in, come in, sir. Dr. Austin, may I talk to you in private, please? It's confidential and official. Here are my credentials. Yes, yes, of course, Mr. Moore. Uh, Donald, will you please close the door? If any calls come in, will you take them on the extension? I don't wish to be disturbed. What can I do for the FBI, Mr. Moore? Well, sir, what do you know about Albert Burns? Well, he's my confidential assistant, very capable. And familiar with your work? Next to myself, he knows most about it. And he's been with you from the start of the research on this project? Oh, yes. He was selected for many applicants. Sir, have you ever had any reason to suspect his loyalty? Well, none whatever. Are you suggesting... Uh, we're investigating him and a number of others. Well, I'm sure of Burns, absolutely sure. But besides, he was checked thoroughly. <laughs> Sometimes a man who has top-secret clearances reached in some way. You mean Bryant? Or threatened by exposure of his past, or he's idealistic and thinks the way to prevent war is to let everyone have atomic secrets. Now, I'd say Burns would not be forced by any of these motives. Um, take a look at this drawing. Recognize it? Yes, of course. It's the plan of the simplified reactor. How in the world did you get it? This has not been out of my possession. It's an enlarged microfilm. We found it when we searched Burns' room. It's impossible. I, I just can't believe it. You didn't give him permission to take the film? Well, certainly not. He knew as well as I the security regulations. Well, he claims you gave him permission. Of course I didn't. Why would he say a thing like that? Well, he's caught. He can't send the secret on to whoever wants it, so he'll try to do as much damage as possible. That is, involve you and cause people to doubt your loyalty. Surely there's no question of my loyalty. Well, not at this point, but it means everyone connected with the project will have to be rechecked. Well, what does that mean? You'll have to go through the same clearance procedure you did when you started the project. So, uh, will you please not leave town? Yes, yes, of course. Well, that'll be all, I think. You'll be notified when you're to appear. Oh, thank you, Mr. Moore. This, uh, this comes as a great shock to me. Burns is a man I'd have trusted with my life. You did trust him with your life. And the lives of a good many others had this information gotten into the wrong hands. Well, good day, Dr. Austin. hearing is over. Why in the world did those spies try to stick to their story about you, Father? Well, as the FBI man explained it, they were caught themselves and wanted to spread mistrust as widely as possible. Well, in a way, they succeeded. I don't think I can trust anyone again. Well, it's all over. So let's take our trip and try to forget all about it. Are you all packed? Yes. Father, you get the car, and I'll get the baggage to the porch. This will be our last trip together for a long time. Well, Donald, when do you enter the seminary? September 1st. It'll be a long time before we can visit you, won't it? I think we can see each other now and then before I take vows, but after that, 
And I hope you'll find what you're looking for, Donald. It's the one thing I'm sure of, Father. I hope and pray you'll find what you're looking for. Meaning that I'll come to believe in God? That you'll not lose all hope, and that you'll someday place your trust in God. (laughs) After that hearing, I've lost trust in men. Oh, no, you haven't. All men aren't like that. Well, you can't accomplish anything if you have to be looking over your shoulder all the time for fear someone will stab you in the back. Father, you don't know much about the church, do you? No. No, my religion has been more a rule of thumb, I guess. There's a priest in the village. Why don't you get him to explain it? Well, why should I do that? Oh, I thought it's a field you said you ought to know more about. You'll have plenty of time up here. You think by talking to the priest I'll become a convert? That I'll believe in God? No, Father. But I think he can show the way. And after that, it's up to you. Uh, to a man like me, there's so many obstacles to overcome. The soul, eternal life, salvation, Christ, the Son of God. Granting all this comes, which church out of the many speaks for Christ? When you believe in God and trust in him, all the rest will follow as logically as a law of physics. I have a feeling about you, Father, that nothing may happen for a long time. But when it does, it'll happen all at once. It'll be as simple and as startling as when God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Dr. Austin Hobart. Father Donald, that is, my son has written to me about you. And he's written to me about you. I've been expecting you for several years now, Dr. Hobart. I want to thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, 
Prize of the Atonement Grimoire. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.